Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, a real estate investment program. Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single-family homes all the way up to 600-plus unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Yeah, lots going on in the press these days, but uh, we're going to stay away from that. We're going to be laser focused today on our real estate business. Uh, in fact, for today's show, I've got a, a topical show for you, maybe a bit operational. I want to be laser focused on appraisals. That's that's the theme for today. Uh, it's a very, very important part of, I'd say a key part really, of, of most real estate transactions, right? If you're getting in any sort of lending on a property, or maybe your your buyer is, well, you're going to have an appraisal done, right? So we're going to talk about a, a few types of appraisals that are out there. We, we do use a couple of different types as part of the model that we use at Lifestyles Unlimited. I'll talk about that. And uh, we'll also talk about some of the uh, common adjustments that an appraiser makes to comparable property values, right, to arrive at that value that they assign your house. We're going to focus on single-family houses. And we'll also talk about why you should not just use the average square foot for an area, right? I see that come up a lot. Uh, it's, it, it, is, it is problematic, and, and I want you to know why. And finally, we'll also talk about handling um, the appraisal process as an investor. Should you meet the appraiser at the property, right? And if you do, can you maybe nudge them <laughs> just a little bit in your favor? Uh, I say you can. I'll give you a couple tips there. So, you know what? We we are, if you've caught any of the prior week's shows, you know we've been bumbling about uh this, the great state of Texas uh, in our RV bunker. We, we've ended our September tour. We actually got back into town uh, just yesterday. I was a little bit floored when I picked up my mail that was on hold by all the little flyers, the campaign flyers. I was just inundated uh, here in my area anyhow. So uh, just uh, lots going on. But again, we're going to be laser focused. And, and for one reason uh, in particular, we've been talking about this. I've, I've mentioned it on the show a couple of times. We've been moving forward with a cash out refinance on one of our existing properties. It's one we bought back in 2014, actually. It's it's appreciated considerably, um, held up very, very well, 
have have the same resident in place. Uh, rents have gone up a bit, so uh, it's a good time to strike. And so we're we're going through that process, and the time for the appraisal has finally arrived. We've scheduled that for later this week. Okay, so a lot of the things I'm going to be talking to you about today are things that I'll be applying uh, as well. So just to think about an appraisal, you know, from from a basic point of view, when, when do we have one done? When do we get an appraisal? Well. When we're buying, like I said, when we're buying a property with a loan, right? The lender wants to know the value of the property that they are going to lend on. And there are different approaches that they may take, but typically they're going to send that appraiser in. They're going to look at the condition of the house. They're going to look at it inside and outside, take some measurements and so on, and look at the neighborhood, right? Look at what's selling in that, that part of town to assign a value. So when you're buying, of course, I mentioned as well, when you're selling, right? If you're selling a property, uh, a lot of people are going to buy your house, whether you're selling it, you know, to another investor or to, you know, retail on the open market to a uh, uh, owner occupant, they're going to be using some form of lending, they're going to have an appraisal done, maybe a little bit different uh, picture for you. Can you meet that appraiser? Man, maybe let's talk about that. And of course, on the refi side for me, right cash out refi gonna have an appraisal done the lender wants to know they're gonna lend me 75% of the the value well they need to know the value I, I've told them what I think it is but they're going to you know do their own due diligence of course so for cash out refi and then of course uh, other types of refinances like a rate and term refi that's where you basically go maybe step down from a higher interest rate to a lower maybe extend or maybe even shorten the term some people like to do that right we tend to re-leverage and go longer right so this house we had a 30-year loan on it six years into that loan a little bit more we'll reset that right we'll, we'll re-leverage uh, take some equity out improve our return on equity in, in so doing, right? It's an important concept. We won't get into that today. Um, but if you if you look at your cash flow divided by the equity in your house, it goes down over time, doesn't it? Because your equity goes up. So it's time to reset, right? It's time to reset. And I mentioned the lifestyles model. Okay, when we're buying single family houses, I'll talk very briefly about multifamily, but we're not going to get into valuation there so much. That's a, a different animal. Um, very interesting one as well but uh, so the focus is more on single-family and when we buy single-family houses at Lifestyles Unlimited right typically not always but typically we're going in and buying with hard money right hard money is just a tool in our toolbox that helps us pick up properties maybe they're physically distressed and won't qualify for a conventional loan or maybe they're maybe the seller is distressed heading towards that foreclosure hearing or that foreclosure the courthouse steps right um, at the start of the month and they need to sell fast and that conventional loan can't close fast So we go the hard money route. Well when we go the hard money route that lenders gonna loan a percentage of the expected value Right. They're looking forward into the future Right, they're getting an idea of what that property is gonna be wor worth once we fix it up and they're gonna lend maybe 70% 75% maybe even 80 Th those numbers have changed a bit with uh uh, recent events, of course, uh, a lot of lenders are being a little more uh, conservative, but they need an appraisal done, right? So then we go in, we buy the house, right? We're going to do the renovations, get it fixed up and get the property rented, ideally during the renovation phase if we can, right? Have that tenant ready to go, that resident, as soon as we're done with our contractor, and then we're going to refi. We're going to do a refinance and the amount that you refinance that could vary for me at 75% on a rate and term as well as on a cash out refi. But again, there, that appraisal comes into play right that lender needs to know the value they're just gonna go out you, you know you, you've done your your work you've made that thing shine you stuck to your 
your business plan, so to speak, right? You stuck to your scope of work that you laid out when you, even before you bought the house, right? That's how you work with your hard money lender. You give them your plan so that they can send out an appraiser and figure out what it's going to be like after you're done, right? And the, the, the refi lender is just going to send somebody out to check that out. So the appraisal, it comes into play when you're following the lifestyles model, both at the time of purchase with hard money and then again uh, at the refinance. So let me give you the number here in the studio. If you've got any questions on appraisals, it's 855-497-4335. Again, that's 855-497-4335. Or send me an email to askandy at luinc.com. That's askandy at luinc.com. When we come back, I want to get a little bit into the types of appraisals. We've got a couple of types out there. You want to know the difference, all right? So you're speaking the right the right language, so stay tuned. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk, 1370. We're back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. We're here to answer your questions and help you become financially free. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb, and today on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, we're ignoring the news. We're ignoring those tons of um, postcards I had in the mail when I got back from several weeks of uh, traveling the great state of Texas, all the political ads and whatnot. We're, we're laser-focused today on one topic, and that's appraisals. Appraisals are an important part of what we do as investors. It's important for you if you don't even own an investment property, but you own your own house and you wanna sell and buy a new one, right? You're gonna have two sets of appraisals that are done during that process typically, right? Maybe you have a cash buyer, right? Helped a buddy sell a house not too long ago. He had a cash buyer. That guy didn't do an appraisal. Didn't feel he needed one. Was that a mistake? I don't know. Maybe a little bit more due diligence is preferred, but hey, anyhow, most of the time you're going to have appraisals involved in the process. And for us as investors, you know, I view it as when I get to that second appraisal in the process, that that refi appraisal where we do our rate and term refi to get out of hard money, I view that as almost confirmation of my success on that project because that appraiser goes in and comes back at value, the value I intended that the hard money lender thought I would get as well or higher, right? Sometimes higher can come in lower. What do you do then? We, if we have time, we'll talk about that, but, um, it is confirmation, right? Hey, you, you've done a good job. You match those comps that you intended to do check. Good job, buddy. Here's your, you know, your, your better loan, <laughs> your cash out possibly. And that's what I'll be doing this week. Uh, cash out refi, uh, appraisal for a cash out refi uh, on one of our existing uh, properties. If you've got questions today, the number here is 
497-4335. So appraisers here in Texas, anyhow, if you're listening outside of Texas, your state may manage it differently. But in Texas, they are licensed um, and regulated by the Texas Appraiser Licensing and Certification Board. It's kind of a sister organization of TREC. You probably know TREC, Texas Real Estate Commission. And they require, you know, certain things for the appraiser, a certain minimum number of apprenticeship hours, right? They have to go out and work as an appraiser under, I don't know, a lead appraiser, something like that. And of course, continuing ongoing education, just like realtors and inspectors who are also uh, regulated by Trek, right? Continuing ed so that they're always on top of their game. Um, so they are, they are regulated. And for both the hard money purchase, we're gonna use a, a, an appraiser. Now, not all hard money lenders will require an appraiser, by the way. I personally like that extra set of eyes on my project. I actually had an appraiser once tell me, if you do this and this and this, you're going to get a better value. Do you want to adjust your scope of work? I said, you know what? I'm, I thank you for letting me know. Let's do it. Right. Got a lot, got a lot better value as a result. So, um, but again, typically the hard money lenders that we work with, they are using an appraiser and those are going to be licensed appraisers. Okay. The refi appraisals, when you're when you're working with a lender, they're absolutely going to be using those licensed appraisers. It could be the same person, right? Theoretically. <laughs> so now, hard money itself, by the way, it's it's not a regulated industry. So you know, again, they have a little bit more freedom. They can use the the appraisers that they want to use. Whereas, let's call it retail um, on the retail side, whether it's the buyer seller in the retail market or you doing your um, cash out or rate and term refi with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac backed loans in particular, right? Um, th that is a little more re regulated. There are more restrictions, especially following what happened, you know, 10 plus years ago with the, the housing crisis. So since then, a lot of lenders will, <clears throat> they've got, they have to qualify the, the appraiser essentially. And rather than do that in-house, they'll use uh, what are called AMCs. Okay, you may have seen this in, in talking with your with your lender. An AMC is an appraisal management company. It's basically a, an organization that is going to put a second set of eyes on that appraisal once it's done. Okay, n lenders don't have to use them, but they tend to do it because that's just a form of outsourcing, right? That saves them extra overhead uh, in-house. But for you and for me, as the investor, uh, it does add a little bit more time, right? There's that extra party that's involved and naturally a little bit more cost. So looking back at my uh, invoices for hard money appraisals versus um, the refinance side of things where we had a, a lender uh, using an AMC, uh, it's probably a couple hundred dollars difference, right? And on top of that, when I have my hard money appraiser do appraisal done, they're not typically looking at the rental side of it. Whereas on the refi side, if I'm refinancing and it's a rental property, they often will do a, a uh, I hate to call it an appraisal, but a, a CMA, a comparative market analysis on rentals in the area, that's an extra charge as well. That lender wants to know about the rental side of it because that is the name of the game. So thinking now about appraisal types, um, first of all, there are three approaches to doing an appraisal. Okay, I just want you to generally know this. Uh, the cost approach is not one that we're going to be using. And that generally is looking at what, you know, what's the cost to build this exact property, you know, in terms of <clears throat> the price to acquire the land, materials, labor, that sort of thing. And that's often going to be used by insurance, actually. If my house burns down, what's it going to cost to rebuild it? Right, that's the cost approach. We, we don't use that for what we're doing in the single family spa uh, space. Second approach is the income approach. Now I mentioned multifamily. This is used for multifamily. 
right? Uh, other maybe other commercial properties where they're looking at the business, at the cash flow, at more specifically at the NOI, the net operating income, right? That drives the value of the business. If it's not cash flow, <laughs> the value zero, right? More or less. Um, so they're going to look at the the operating income, net operating income, and they're going to look at the capitalization rate for the area here in Texas. I think it's been around five six percent for apartments. That's how they get to the price. That's the beauty of multifamily, by the way, is you can really change that cash flow by increasing rents, increasing revenue, decreasing expenses. That cap rate tends to say stay fixed. You know, in the shorter term, you really propel that 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 value. That's why apartment investing is is smart and, and worth looking into. And that's something you can learn a little bit about if you go to our free workshop. I'll give you the website for that here in just a minute. The third approach, and that's the one that we're going to use in the single fa uh, single family sphere, is uh, the sales approach or the the sales comparison approach and and essentially for that what's the appraisal appraiser doing they're just looking in your subdivision at houses that have sold and they're finding as many uh, like kind right houses that are similar in size to yours in in floor plan right how bath bath think about bath count think about garage you know one space two space no spaces backs to a, a freeway or not backs to apartments or not that sort of thing um, and they're going to find three houses that closely resemble yours. Okay, that's the the sales approach. Okay, and that's what we're going to talk about through the balance of the show because that's what you need to understand when you're thinking about buying your first, your second, or even your tenth single family house as a, as a rental. Okay, and there's there's some common mistakes people made, and and I want to I want to talk about the adjustments that the appraisers make because those are interesting. That's that's really where the rubber hits the road in the valuation. Again, let's look at appraisal types. I'll call this part two. And these are kind of subtypes to the sales comparison approach. There's either an as-is appraisal or a subject-to appraisal. A subject-to appraisal is what we're getting done for the hard money purchase, right? They're using comps plus sold comps in our area plus our scope of work, what we plan to do to the house to project the value once we're done with the work. That that's called an after repair value ARV. That's what the hard money lender is going to lend based off subject to appraisal. Once we're done, the work's done. The thing is shining. It's beautiful. Second appraiser comes in as part of that rate and term refi and does what's called an as is appraisal. You're not doing any work at this point, right? You should be done. Okay. Before you order that appraiser uh, appraisal. So, uh, and, and this is as it is appraisal common when you're doing a retail sale, selling to an owner occupant, buying as an owner occupant, when we do our refis. So stick around because when we come back, I want to get into average square. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Austin's Talk 1370. 
Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Now, let's get back to your map to financial freedom. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb, and on today's show, we are focused on appraisals. What is that appraiser doing exactly to arrive at the value for your single-family property? We're, we're going to focus on the sales comparison approach. That's what's used, one of the three approaches. That's the one that's used for valuing single-family houses, right? The income approach would be used for multifamily uh, or other commercial, of course. And the cost approach is what you're going to see, for example, with um, insurance companies, right, to figure out the cost to rebuild that that property for you if it burns down or whatever else. And we also talked just ahead of the break of two different appraisal types that are kind of what I would call a sub type of appraisal uh, under that sales comparison header. There's the, the subject to appraisal. That's the one you're going to have done as part of your hard money loan, assuming you're doing work to the property, right? You may just need to close quickly and be using hard money for that purpose, but maybe you're not doing a lot of work, but typically you are, and you're going to give that scope of work to the lender. They're going to give that to the appraiser. They're going to look at the comps in the area that match what your house should look like when it's done, right? And they're going to come up with a value. That's the subject to appraisal, subject to changes, subject to work being done. Compare that to the as-is appraisal. Well, they're just taking it as-is. So for my cash-out refi that's coming up, the appraisal, I'll be meeting him this week, and that will be an as-is appraisal. We're not doing any work. We did the work a couple years ago, a number of years ago. Um, we're just uh, taking some equity out, basically. Um, and again, that as-is appraisal is what you're typically getting for your basic retail sales, selling to an owner-occupant, buying as an owner-occupant. Uh, and when we do our refis. Now, if you've got any questions today, the number here is 855-497-4335 or send me an email to askandy at luinc.com. And appraisals, I always get a little bit nervous. You know, I've met that appraiser. I've, I've done what I want to do to try to give him a bit of a nudge or her. And, um, and I'm, I'm biting my nails for a little bit, but I'm typically happy when they come back at my value or lately higher. <laughs> it's been great. So what else is the appraiser doing aside from assigning value? right? Assigning a value for that lender or for you as part of your due diligence. Well, they're going to go out and they're going to measure the house. That's key, right? They need to know the square footage, right? Not because they're going to work with something called average square foot. We're going to get into that. That's uh, dangerous. Uh, but they're going to calculate the, the total square footage of the property, right? If there's a garage, for example, they'll include that if it's an attached garage. And then they're going to calculate the livable square footage. And that's where the value comes into play is that livable space. Forget about the garage. Okay, that does not, has a little bit of impact, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about that, but um, they're focused on that livable square footage. And interestingly, an appraiser years ago told me that I think, I think the number he said was something like 25%, 25% of the values, the square footage <clears throat> values listed on the tax rolls at the county appraisal district are wrong. 25%. Um, so you don't be surprised if you've been working with not one number and your appraiser comes back with something different. For example, and we're going to look at this house um, through the rest of the show as a house we did last year. And I picked this one because it's got some good um, uh, some good numbers around it and is over by Fort Worth. And when I looked at the tax roll, the square footage there is 1,220 square feet. That's what I worked with, right? In my preliminary numbers, doing my due diligence before we got a contract signed with the seller uh, and so on. So two, uh, 1,220 square feet. Well, we moved forward. 
gave the contract to the hard money lender. They sent, you know, our scope of work and everything. They send out the appraiser. He comes back with 1,295. So bonus, we just got an extra 75 square feet. Interestingly, then we had our refi appraiser go out there. He came in at 1,280. So point is you get a little bit of movement there. Um, tax rolls may be wrong. We had one that was 1,588 square feet on the tax rolls, had an extra couple hundred square feet, right? Got an addition put on at some point, a very well done addition, not reflected on the tax rolls. So you see that quite often. Maybe they've converted that upstairs attic into extra livable space, ducted, it needs to be ducted, it needs to have heat and air, right? It needs to have an egress and a window, right? Uh, it needs to be good construction, right? A similar to the rest of the house. Um, you get that extra square footage, may not be on the tax rolls. So um, be, you know, it's worth always doing that due diligence. Interestingly as well, uh, we picked up a house a while back where it was the opposite. Uh, the house had an addition on it, did not have ducting. It was well done, but it has a window unit. And in both the hard money and the refi appraiser appraisals, they did not count that in the livable square footage. I just got done this week, exceedingly late in the season, protesting the tax appraised value on that very property. And that was my sticking point because they included the extra 280 square feet in their calculation. I got them to go down. I showed them both of the appraisals, just the sketches, <laughs> not the full appraisals, and said, hey, come on, look at this. You know that is not considered livable space. And they, they seeded, right? Um, so keep your eyes on that. Other things appraiser may be doing, well, especially for Fannie Mae-backed loans, Freddie Mac-backed loans, if you see them taking a picture of your smoke detectors, they're not crazy, you know? Um, Fannie Mae wants to see that, especially for a rental property, that you've got uh, the proper infrastructure there, that you've got smoke detectors. A lot of appraisers will, will turn on the water, the hot water, to make sure it's coming out hot, right? They want to see that the utilities are on. Uh, I mentioned the smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors, I don't believe are required in Texas. I always put them into properties that have gas in any capacity. Maybe that's the oven stove, maybe that's the, just the water heater, whatever it is. Be careful, right? You want to be um, uh, protect your, your residents, of course, so we put those in, but they may or may not look at that. And of course, I mentioned already, if it's a refi appraisal for a rental, they're probably going to go in and do some um, rental comps for you as well, which I always like to see what they come up with. We're usually fairly close. Um, at the end of the day, but that's what the appraiser's doing. Okay, so we talked about that subject to appraisal. We talked about that as is appraiser appraisal. And when they arrive at their value, I'll tell you what they're not doing. They're not simply looking at the price per square foot of those three houses that, that, that they've chosen that are similar to yours, those comparable sales. That's why we call them comps, sales comps. It's comparable sales. They should be similar. Typically, they don't go back. Let's talk about this just briefly. They don't go back, don't like to go back too long in time. You know, I always cap my personal analysis at six months, sh shorter period if I can, which in prior markets was possible. Um, with the shortage of inventory now, you may have to go back a little farther, right? Uh, but usually six months, usually staying within that subdivision, try not to cross any major roads, any highways, any any obvious physical barriers, so for this particular property that I'm looking at, they stayed easily within the subdivision. This was a 50s build. Um, the, the subdivision was fairly, fairly large. And, and, and back then, a lot of the houses were built fairly, uh, well, they do that now. I guess we call them cookie cutter homes. But it seems like he didn't have any issues finding, uh, neither of them did, finding good um, sold comps. But they're not just simply taking the, the price per square foot of those three comps and then taking an average. Let me give you an example. So on the hard money loan for this property, 
he arrived at a value just a little north of 160k, 162k. All right. If he had taken the average square foot and applied that to that square footage, again here he calculated 1295, he would have arrived at 176. He would have been quite a bit higher. On the refi side, I did the same calculation. I looked at the three sold comps that he used, took the average per square foot. This was a couple months later. It was a big project. Um, there were a lot of a lot of good sales that came in in the meantime. Good for me, right? Um, if he had used the average square foot and applied that to our square footage on that property, he would have come in at 194K. If I had taken that approach, I would have come in at 194K and I would have grossly overshot. That's not where he arrived. That refi appraiser came in at 175, so almost $20,000 difference. Why? They take the square footage into account, absolutely. We'll talk about that when we talk about some of the common adjustments, but there's more to it. There's more to it, right? And, and we'll talk about that. Does the house back to a railroad? That's less desirable. There will be an adjustment for that. If you're just using that average square foot for the, the neighborhood, for the subdivision, for the town, for the city, whatever that wholesaler seems to like to cherry pick, FYI, be careful with them in particular because they're the ones that often will use that average square foot when they apply a value. Um, it's risky, right? We just saw there anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20K um, difference. So what does the appraiser do? Well, he takes that starting price, 150K, and then he starts to make adjustments. Okay, music's kicking on. When we come back, I want to talk about some of those common adjustments that the appraiser makes so that when you look at a property, you can think about that as well. And you can get very refined in your science or be a little bit, you know. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Talk 1370, the right choice. Warning. Listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show will change your life. We will teach you how to create wealth and passive income so you can be financially free. And now, back to your host. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb, and today we're talking about appraisals. I want you to understand what goes into an appraisal. Uh, I think there's some misconceptions out there. A big error that I see a lot of the time is folks leaning exclusively on the average square foot for an area. Very risky. Right, I think I gave you some good examples there of a property we did just last year where uh, the difference between the actual appraised value on the hard money appraisal to what I would have gotten if I just used that average per uh, average uh, square foot um, is about a 15k difference, and on the refi appraisal, uh, 20k. Uh, so if I'm leaning too heavily on that numbers, I may go in with a wrong idea of the value. Is it the end of the world? You know, we're buying and holding for a period of time. Real estate's very forgiving. That's the great thing. Um, and, and, and you're going to hold for a period of time. We want to we make money from the get-go. That is rule number one, of course. But um, be informed and, and be aware of, of, of what you're being fed, especially from, from wholesalers. I, I find they're the ones in particular that tend to, tend to lean on this average 
um, square foot value uh, to get to their numbers. It's, it's, it's kind of a lazy approach. Now, when realtors, and I'm, I hold a license, I am a realtor, they'll, they'll run a CMA, a comparative market analysis for you. It may give you that quick CMA uh, one or two pager. That's going to give you the averages, right? So what's the appraiser doing differently? Okay, we're going to talk about those adjustments. I do want to give you the website. I mentioned the free workshop earlier. Um, if you want to learn more about Lifestyles Unlimited, about investing in single-family properties, about our model that we that we use, I touched on that very lightly at the start of the show, uh, that's a good place to go. If you want to learn more about investing in apartments by comparison, also a great avenue, also a great way to get to your financial freedom. Well, you're going to want to start with the free workshop. We're doing those live online now, so you don't have to come into contact with anybody uh, put yourself at risk, right? Uh, go check out freeworkshoplivestream.com and, and learn more. We've got uh, dates coming up already here later this week and onwards. So that's freeworkshoplivestream.com. So what's an appraiser doing? Well, if I just simply look at the one of the appraisal, appraisals I got on this property, right, they start with those three sold comps. They're always going to use three, okay? And sales price, here's one. Sales price was 180 okay? Um, the, the per square foot price was about 149 and some change. Okay. But they're not just leaving it at that. They're looking at the differential in the square footage, right? And appraisers take a different approach here. Uh, sometimes I've, I've noted, you know, the, the value of that additional single square foot is different from area to area. It's going to be different in Highland Park than it is, say, I don't know, out in the boonies, okay? Um, on this particular property, I, I did the math on it, and I noticed that the hard money lender for additional square foot added or applied a $32 per square foot value. So if there's a 100, uh, 100 square foot difference, I'd get 3,200 bucks extra value due to the size. The refi appraiser, by comparison, used $30. So there's some subjectivity there, okay? It should be in the ballpark. Okay, and you, you can figure that out if you just apply, you know, look at your appraisal, look down where it gives the gross living area, living area being important here, um, and, and divide the, the, the adjustment they've made by the difference in the square footage. That's all that I did. Um, that's the big one. That's a big driver of changes in value from that sales price of 180 down to, let's say, 175, something like that, 160. Um, other adjustments, if there were any form of seller's concessions. So this particular property, uh, there was a house that sold um, as using using FHA financing, and there was some form of seller's concession there, $1,000. I checked this in the MLS just to confirm, and yes, he adjusted that out of the value. In other words, he lowered the value because the sales price, in this case, 154 well, the seller paid something to the buyer, 1000 bucks as it were, so that effectively lowers the price. They're going to adjust that downward. Uh, what else? Site, right? The acreage of the land that can have an impact, right? It's not huge, but that can have an impact. We've got a house that sits on a third of an acre in an older area compared to the other houses in the area that are on a tenth of an acre. Well, that adds value, right? So they make an adjustment to those sold comps, a positive adjustment in my favor, as it were. Thinking about site again, and they call this view on the appraisal. What is the view from the property? Typically, it's residential. That's what you want to see if yours is residential. Now, I have one that backs up to a very busy road, right? That's called, what did they say, backs to traffic. And there's a negative adjustment to all those other sales comps that have residential backing, residential views, don't back to traffic, in other words. So I took a hit, 2,500 to 3K, I think is what I saw. Uh, could be the same backs to commercial. Here again, at least in the appraisals that I've had done, 
Um, I've seen adjustments of anywhere from 2,500 to 3K. I think it probably depends on what you're backing up to, of course. And they'll try to find sold comps that also back to that type of less than desirable, let's say, um, view. <laughs> okay, so uh, if they can find them, right, may not be there. Right, they may not be there. Therefore, they have to go in and use this approach of making adjustments. What what other adjustments do I see? Bathrooms are very common if you're buying older properties. So this property that we bought had a one and a half bath. It had a full bath in the hall and it had a half bath off the master. As it were, we went in and took an available closet that backed to that half bath, ripped it out, gutted it, and put a shower in there. So we made that a, a two full bath. Why did we do that? Well, it rents easier. And it's going to sell easier. It doesn't add a ton of value, but the differential between um, one bath and two bath or one and a half bath to two bath, it's a couple thousand bucks at least, right? And again, that's subjective. That's going to go back to um, to your appraiser. I saw on one, the difference from a half bath, from one and a half bath to one, they made a $2,000 adjustment. The other guy did a $3,000 adjustment. So you get my point. It's a little bit subjective there. Parking, very important. Driveway. Garage, carport, single car garage versus two car, that, that's going to have some impact. Here again, it's going to be subjective to the, uh, to the, um, to the appraiser, uh, but I've seen as much as $4,000, $5,000 adjustments, say, from no garage space to a single car or double car garage. So those are the big, big moving parts that I tend to see, especially on those older properties. Uh, maybe people have gone in and converted their garages, for example. Storage, you know, I saw in one um, hard money guy deducted 500 bucks because the comp had a had a storage shed. I didn't. Some 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 appraisers will, will look at that. Some don't. It's minor. You know, I wouldn't worry a lot about it. And then condition. Condition's a big one. We are going in and fundamentally fixing that up. I saw a huge adjustment on one of my uh, appraisals, $15,000 adjusted upward onto the sales price of the comp. It sold for 150. He added another 15,000 to that sales price because it had inferior condition. There just weren't enough sold comps in the property of like condition to use. So he makes adjustments. So that's that's what's going on there. And that's the danger of using just that average square foot. Average square foot's a good starting point perhaps, but uh, you really do need to look at some of the uh, comparable sales in that area and what's different, right? What What's that appraiser gonna see and what's he gonna adjust? Okay, um, and that's how they get to the value, right? That's that's what's going on there. It's it's a science. It's an art, right? There's a little bit of fine tuning going on in there. And then what they do at the end of the day, they've got an adjusted price for each of those three comps. They're taking the average of that, roughly, right? So that's how they get there. Now, what do you do? What am I going to do this week? <clears throat> We've got our refi, uh, cash out refi appraisal coming up. Do you, do you meet the appraiser? Do you just let him do his thing? Don't go out there? Well, if you've got the time to go out there, I say do it. I will be doing it. Going out there, I want to talk to the, in this case, it's a gentleman. I've, I've dealt with both men and women appraisers. I've dealt with a lot of appraisers. Um, they don't always listen to me. But first and foremost, make sure all the work is done. If you're doing the hard money to rate and term refi process that we follow at Lifestyles, Make sure the work's done. Don't send them out there before the work is finished. You know, if your GC tells you, your general contractor tells you it's done, confirm it. All right, just be sure. We work with great general contractors at Lifestyles Unlimited. I know I can trust them. They send me pictures. They send me videos. Uh, I know the work's done. But um, outside of that, I would say be, be careful. Just make sure you uh, have confirmed that the work is done. And then get it scheduled. And, and then get out there. Meet the appraiser. Get there early. Right? Get there before they do. Get into the house, make sure everything looks good. Any trash that's blown up in the yard, get rid of it. Make it shine, right? Make it shine even more than it already does after your repairs, right? Turn on the lights, open the blinds, make it look great.
Okay, so get there early. They're going to typically start on the outside of the house and, 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 and measure. That's how they get to the, that footprint, that, that livable square footage. They're going to measure the outside. Then they're just going to come in and look at a few things. We talked about looking at the water heater, making sure the hot water is there, the, the smoke detectors and so on. Um, and then have a conversation. Bring your hard money appraiser. If you're doing the lifestyles model and you're going into your rate and term refi, this is critical. Bring that hard money appraiser. Let them see the value that was assigned at the time you bought the house. And bring a, a fresh set of more recent comps, if available. If you're working with a realtor, they should be more than happy to help you out there and to give you those more recent uh, sold comps. I pick the ones I like. I pick the ones that make sense. And I have a packet ready, and I hand that over to the uh, appraiser. I think one time in all the years I've been doing this, have I had an appraiser say, I don't want that. <laughs> you know, But nine times out of ten, they're very, very busy, and, and I want to make it easy on them. I also have a one-page or just a single-page overview of my scope of work, all the big-ticket items, all the things that are going to drive value. Foundation repair may or may not drive value. Now it drives the functional uh, the functionality. I don't know if that is that a word, the, the, how functional the house is. Um, but, but the, really the cosmetic stuff that, that granite in the kitchen, the, the, all the, all the repaint and the new flooring and everything, have that overview, put the budget on there, if you will, and then have a number or, or a range in mind of a value that you want to see. Some appraisers are going to ask you that. So have, have it ready. If they don't ask, tell them, Hey, by the way, this is kind of what I was thinking about for my value. It doesn't hurt to ask, does it? Hey, you've been listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Again, check out that uh, website, freeworkshoplivestream.com to learn more. And if, like me, you're getting ready to do a cash-out refi, great time, rates are low, get it going. Go talk to that appraiser. And remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. You have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the math? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. Join us next time. And until then, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.